Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Yep, yep, get old boys is back and reloaded. All in your mind, yeah, now deep throated. This is for the streets, the real, the railroaded. Disenfranchised, the truth, the scapegoated And they know it, we speak the truth so they quote it Cause we wrote it, the north, south, the east coast It's the GB knocking, we keeping your head bobbing It ain't no stopping And once the beat drops in By then, the system is so corrupt They throw the rock out their hands and then blame it on us It's GB, don't get it twisted On code and we ain't dancing for no buttermilk biscuits it's Willie D, y'all. Scarface is in the building. Collectively, we are the Ghetto Boys. Reloaded. Another episode of information and instructions to help you navigate through this wild, crazy, beautiful world. In the studio, Genesis Draper. That's right. Judge Genesis Draper. <laughs> yeah, just say judge. Judge, judge Shannon Baldwin. Judge. Judge Toria Finch and Judge Tanya Jones. Welcome to the show. Hey, collectively, they are... Four of the 19 women judges, well, women at first, they wasn't judges at first, but they were women who successfully ran for judge in 2018, and they made history. I mean, everybody's talking about them all over the world. The president said something about them. They gave them an award. Everybody. Everybody ride. Everybody ride. Everybody ride. Everybody ride. Everybody ride. Ladies, congratulations, and welcome to the show. Thank you. How does it feel like to really be like, know that you got your name etched in history? Like that was that was big. We were proud of y'all. Y'all probably for real. Y'all probably didn't really feel all of the effects because y'all didn't talk to everybody, obviously. But we were really proud of y'all. Uh, unspeakable. <laughs> I mean, it's it, we really were. If it, if I had to put it, put myself back in that place again, just lost for words. It was the first time um, anything like that had happened, and um, honestly. Throughout the process, we didn't feel like we were doing anything particularly special. No, that was um, very special. I, well, no, just during that process, we didn't right. recognize it and understand it until after. Right. And people were approaching us and there were people, grown men coming. And we were at a church and grown men coming up to us, shaking our hands with tears yeah. in their eyes. Because they had never seen anything like that before. No. And it was probably in those moments 
that I really um, got to recognize the gravity of what had happened. Sure. Absolutely. It is the true illustration of blessed beyond measure. I mean, it was such a mind blowing experience. And still to this day, you know, it's Mm -hmm. still just it's something we didn't plan for like this, but it took off. And it's just been a blessing to see how many people have been blessed by it. The little girls that we still see today, the middle aged women, the older women, all of the above. And so it's been really, really great. You ladies were lawyers. Absolutely. In the Mm -hmm. beginning. That went on to be judges. And good lawyers, too. Great lawyers. I was a litigator. I tell really? you, listen, I was a litigator. Spectacular. I, for over 20 years, I worked on both sides of the fence, prosecutor as well as a defense attorney. So um, I'd seen and done it all, you know, up to capital murder. Ooh. So mm-hmm. it was a necessity to move forward, and, and judge just made sense. How, how easy was that transition? Going going from lawyer to judge. It wasn't easy. <laughs> you do have to make a mental change. Does that make sense? And probably, Explain that mental change. Talk to me. All of us were defense attorneys right before okay. becoming a judge. And so you do have to... Um, Step out of that litigator. I'm not. This is not my argument anymore. I'm not the person advocating for anything okay. other than you know protection of rights and ensuring that those things are happening. But to be conscious of not showing favor to either side. Because I think we all remember what that was like mm-hmm. to be practicing in front of judges who were putting their fingers on the scale. Oh, yeah. So we're super conscious. What does putting their finger on the scale mean? So we were all defense attorneys at least okay. in the end, right? And For years, we practiced in front of judges who um, were like the extra prosecutor in the court. Oh, so Mm. would you say, would you use the word unfair? For sure. (laughs) 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 Unfair. Um, No, for sure. And so I think, you know, we are very mindful of that on both ends, right? So we don't want to put our finger on the scale for prosecution or for the defense, since a lot of us. Um, tend to be defense oriented since that that's where we were most recently. Okay. So we're super super conscious of that. Yeah, we, I think we all have uh, implicit bias. Implicit but it's, bias. It's very it's mm-hmm. very dangerous though when someone is a judge and sitting in a uh, judge of human beings. But the way it can actually control human beings' lives. Destiny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know when you have uh, a judge in that type of situation, you know. How do you guys like navigate that? You know, how do you how, how do you push your particular implicit biases aside and say, you know, I have to do what's right. I have to do the righteous thing, not just the emotional thing. I think for the at least the judges here, we all took implicit bias training, and I believe all judges That's should dope. take that training. I mean, mm-hmm. no matter where you come from, you just need to have that because sometimes. That's why it's implicit. You don't realize you have it, you know, but I think it's really just being aware, conscious, awake at the wheel and remembering what your role and responsibility is and not just kind of sitting back. Is it an option? Is it an option? Can you can you not take that? It is optional right now. Really? And so they're making moves. Judges are trying to make moves in the state of Texas to make that a requirement because we do go to a judicial training when you first come in, when you're first sworn in as a judge. Before you sit on the bench, you go to Mm. this judicial training whatever. And so they're trying to make that a requirement. And so I think it's important. Do you have to take any type of uh, racial sensitivity courses? No. no. Is the judicial system racially <laughs> insensitive at, at some times? Can you see this from where you are? 
Is it insensitive in your opinion? Can you look at some cases? And it's like, wow, they did that because this person was a minority, or they did that because this person was this, or this was a female. That's why they did this to her. Or I, I certainly saw some of these things from some of the people who were on the bench previously. I mean, really? I had a judge make a comment in open court. An oh, individual goodness. indicated that they were from Guatemala, and the judge responded by asking them were they a part of MS-13. And so, you know, it was an audible mm-hmm. gasp in the courtroom, but this was the norm. Um, you know, I don't think anything came of that. I don't know if any, you know, complaints were filed or anything like that, mm-hmm. but just to have a person, as you said, in authority who's making decisions that impact your life, your future, your family's lives, and to think that about you simply based on where you come from. Um, and I think it's it's etched kind of in the fabric of who we are, um, mm-hmm. having grown up and experienced that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm from South Park, and I say it all the time, very proud of where I came from. They all know it. <laughs> I'm, from about. <laughs> I'm from Ryan now. I'm from I go. Um, but I know what it's like for people to label you. Yeah. Um, wow. And to, you know, love it. to have these thoughts about you just based on what your zip code is or where you went to school. And so having grown up experiencing that in various forms, I'm especially sensitive to the fact that people, you know, come before this court from all walks of life. And I have to be open. I have to um, look at the case and not say, well, this person is automatically guilty or this person didn't deserve a second chance or this person, you know, lives here. So they're only going to go out and commit more crime. I have to be fair, um, neutral um, and make sure that I'm I'm taking each case into consideration because that's how I want someone to do for me, a member of my family. And as a defense attorney, that's what I wanted. I wanted the judge to see my client as an, as a person, as a human being. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's real. So, mm-hmm. so, so getting, getting, being on the bench and, and, and seeing different cases, a lot of other judges would railroad you because of the color of your skin or mm-hmm. that you know or they they could they would convict you on something that you didn't do but something that you might do a judge and or oh, go ahead judge so say a judge will set the tone mm-hmm. right and so also jurors see judges as obviously persons of authority and if you have a judge that frowns at the defense attorney or you know makes a comment at the defense attorney during a trial that translates to the jury oh man so the jury then you know i've had where judges had screens they have the computer screen facing you the defense attorney but the jury is over here so the judge is making faces every time you as a defense attorney say something all of that translates Mm -hmm. to you know uh, plus, it's also not something that's audible that you can get on record unless you catch it. Now, if mm. you catch it and you see it, you can say, well, I object to the judge making the face. In fr- and you say that in front of the jury because you're trying to just, A, perfect your record, to, you know, and also say that, look, I recognize what you're doing. And also, mm. judges have the ability to evaluate the equity and the fairness in these deals that many people are pleading guilty to that just wasn't right. And I know many of us now, I know My court is considered a no first time conviction court unless the court, you know, the code or the statute requires it. But we have judges now that we didn't have before that will look at an offer that the state has given the defense. And then even if they agree, we look at the agreement and determine whether this is even 
the just thing to do. Right. Just because a person is willing to take a plea doesn't make mm-hmm. it the right thing the to right do. Thing because we're in this era, we have so many other options other than convictions, diversion programs, deferred adjudication, informal dismissals. And unless the judge forces the parties to consider all mm-hmm. alternatives, because attorneys are required to be not only zealous advocates for their client, but to give them all those options to make that informed decision about their case. And so I remember... That was not always happening. You know, the railroading you're talking about, hey, they're going to time serve, take it, time serve, Mm -hmm. take it, time serve, take it. But that's not the case. You get a young 17, 18, 19 year old person that's never been in the system, but all they know is I want to get out of here and move on with my life. And I I tell them all the time, I'm sure you all do, too. It's a conviction. It's a criminal history. It's not a credit report. It ain't going to fall off in seven years. This is a serious situation. Mm -hmm. And so it just takes that kind of consciousness, awareness, and being awake at the wheel to make sure these things don't happen. And to care. The the compassion. (laughs) To care. Absolutely. Houston is one of the most diverse, uh, racially diverse cities in in the country. Mm -hmm. But not until recently have its judges been really diverse. And so, again, we salute you guys, you know, for the sacrifices that y'all made to run and put your reputations on the line and, you know, go through all of the ridicule that, it, that you got to go through. And even the press yes, that you, even the press, the pressure that you got, you have to deal with on a day to day basis, because I know that there are people within the, the halls of those those walls down there in, in the judicial system that don't want y'all in there. Come on, and, somebody. And they, and a lot yeah. of them have a lot of power. And I know that yeah. they're working daily uh, and nightly, yeah, you know, to try to get you guys removed. And that's, true. and that's the sad part about it is that they see change for the better. Right. And they don't want that. You know, some people, they only care about uh, equality when they want more equality. Mm-hmm. You see, mm-hmm. they don't care about it for everybody. It's just, right. I, I, I care about equality now because I want equality, uh, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. And so... Uh, that's why it's so important. And, and, and let's just say exactly what it is. And when we, we talk about implicit bias, we're talking about uh, a lot of times what, well, in the past, it's almost exclusively been white people judging everybody, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's why this diversity is so important. We need more black judges. We need more Hispanic judges. Mm-hmm. We need more Latino, I mean, uh, more Asian judges. We the, every city should reflect its population. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. E- evenly in every industry. I, I don't care whether it's the medical industry, mm-hmm. whether it's mm-hmm. law enforcement, mm-hmm. whether it's the judicial system. Right. The, 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 the pillars of the community should reflect what the people look like. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're, we're moving in that right di- in, that, in that direction. But it's a trip how evil some people are who mm-hmm. have the power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm to derail that, how hard they work, you know, to try to derail that, you know, how can any of you like give us like an example of what it's like to deal with that? We're dealing with it constantly, right? I mean, it's it's on my walk in here, like (laughs) fielding calls from, you know, my coordinator letting me know this is going on, this we've heard from this uh, group or somebody tags you on this Facebook thing because... (laughs) There is a really well-funded, well-funded machine, machine mm-hmm. that is invested in 
turning this around. I'm so mm-hmm. proud of the judiciary, the way it looks now, right. civil, family, juvenile, uh, probate. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got all, we got black women, we have Asians, we have, um, uh, we, now we ha- we could potentially be electing our first female Sikh judge in mm-hmm. the country. What does that mean? In the country. What is it? Um, so I don't want to What's it called? get too de- sick. Sikh or Sikh? She pronounces it Sikh. I've always okay. said Sikh, but I think that she pronounces what it Sikh. Um, so I, I never can get a solid read on it if it's strictly religion. Um, but I do think it's maybe a cross between religion and I'd rather her come and, on your show one and day and maybe talk Willie, about it. Willie's going to know. What's that? Ask Willie. No, no, I'm, I'm, not, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not familiar with that. It, so I think, I think it is so religious. We would say she... She is we would say Indian American yes. persuasion. Wow. And so, uh, and when I, I say that, I say, I mean, East Asian Indian American, not American Indian. How do you spell that? Um, Sikh, is it, is it S-I-K-H? Yes, like S-I-K-H. Mm-hmm. And so she would be the first female Sikh yeah. judge elected <laughs> in the country. That's a religion. If she gets mm-hmm. elected, but that's what Houston represents. Oh, okay, yeah, I, yeah. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she would be the first. That's what Houston represents, that kind of opportunity. And just though that type of representation really makes such a difference, right? Mm-hmm. Because judges, they, we have all kind of different perspectives. They tell me things that I don't, you know, I'll, I'm not always aware of, mm-hmm. right? I, Ramadan could have gotten right past me 10, year, 10 years ago. It won't, you know, it doesn't now, right? Mm-hmm. Because I have an opportunity to celebrate with my colleagues and and, and so it's, it's just a totally different culture. But there are people out there. I saw somebody post recently, a uh, defense attorney posted recently. Uh, oh, man, I just wish we could, could go back to the good old days. I'm like, when were them? When was that? That must have been before I was working or even before I was born because I sure can't recall it. The, you know, these are the good old days and there are more to come if we can just hold the line. And on top of that, I think with people, going back to your point as well, the importance of diversity in these particular positions, many people, including myself, underestimate the power of judges. Mm -hmm. I thought our job solely was on the bench when we're wearing the black robe with the gavel that we don't even use, Mm -hmm. right? But really, it's much more... It's deeper than that, right? We make policy mm-hmm. when it comes to those decisions as to how cases will process, how the criminal justice system flows. There are so many county administrative subcommittees and committees that we sit on to determine certain things, whether it's how um, individuals are processed through the joint processing center, <clears throat> whether it's, I mean, it's so many things. I can't even begin the, the bail bond board, whether it's whatever it is. There's so many committees that I know you go ahead and jump in, Judge. Yeah, I want to tell you what you're not saying is what they didn't say. Let me take a moment to brag on my colleagues, okay? This this right here seated at this table is the really the leadership of the county criminal courts right now as it sits. We're some of the first African-American people ever to sit on the bench within our courts, number one, but certainly the first to hold leadership positions. So Judge Finch is the presiding judge over all 16 criminal courts. Judge Jones is the administrative judge over all 20 county court judges. Judge uh, uh, Draper will be the next presiding judge over all criminal courts. Uh, you know, county criminal courts. I am the former, the preceding uh, administrative judge over all 20 of the county. We jumped in not only to hold the positions and and, and really 
sort of even the the playing field, but we jumped in and took on leadership roles, uh, committee Amazing. positions to make sure that not only were we ruling correctly in court and those things were going correct, right. but we changed policy so that it affects everyone. That's really the big you know, rub. That's what they really are upset about. Right. Is we 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 got at the table, we took the seats at the table, and we were in leadership positions, making changes from the front, also in the back. Mm -hmm. How do you hold on to that power? Gosh, elections. And what can the people do to make sure that you not only hold on to that power but grow that power, strengthen it? Support and vote, right? Yeah. I mean, get the word out. We need people talking about the fact that, yes, the Houston 19 are running. We're more than just the Houston 19. Other African-Americans, other minority uh, mm -hmm. judges, uh, political candidates are joining us or have joined us, and they are making big strides along with us. Mm -hmm. um, the beauty of what we can do in the county criminal courts is these four ladies, in addition to uh, probably a few others, really, we make collective decisions. We talk about what's best for the county, and we're able to... Um, you know, quite frankly, vote things in the way we think that they should go. Mm -hmm. um, and we do so with the community in mind. What's going to work best? What's going to be, be the biggest splash? Just what's going to be fair? Exactly. What's going to be, fair? Gonna be fair? fair is the most important part, in my opinion. You touched Fairness. on that. Uh, you know, what we did with bail bond reform and, um, you know, how huge that was. Yeah. People don't, don't really get it. And it's, yeah, because I think what people hear is, you know, kind of what you hear out in the media, right? Because it's, it's been totally distorted. But people who actually experience it, whether or not they have been accused or had a family member accused or just visited the courthouse for jury duty, right? Mm -hmm. People can really feel the difference in what bail reform really is, right? Mm -hmm. What it really is is um, us not overcrowding our jails with people accused of petty offenses, um, extracting ten dollars, fifty dollars, a hundred dollars for them, or P. trying to force a plea. Yeah, right. mm -hmm. trying to force a plea. That's all. Right, that's absolutely. what it was for. It's to force people to plead guilty. Ghetto Boys Reloaded podcast. We'll be right back after the break. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests. But with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. 
How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Okay, Judge Drake, but what if you have a 17-year-old high school kid who hangs out with the round crowd and gets himself involved in an armed robbery where his buddy gets shot and they go to jail for robbery. They're in high school. Do you offer them, immediately offer them a bond or do you say, okay, you got to sit for a while until we work this thing out? So... Let me say this. We, we're we're I, not. I'm, I'm, I'm asking this question because, sure. you know, that 17 year old kid was me, allegedly. Right. So this is what I'll say. We're, we're, we're a little limited in what we can say and what we would do in certain situations. But this and we're misdemeanor court judges, so we don't have this issue come up in our courts. But what I will say, the beauty of. Um, having us and, and some of our colleagues that are at the district court level is you have people mm-hmm. whose lived experiences understands that, right? And understands ways in which they can give people an opportunity. Because what, if a person can be safely released, whatever their charge, whether it's aggravated robbery or theft, if a person can be safely released, if we have conditions under which we can safely um, have them out on bond while they wait for their trial, we are re- legally required to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to ask those questions. It helps when the people there are familiar with where you're from, familiar with um, some resources that might be in your neighborhood. You know, I know what's in my neighborhood. I know the Shape Center is reliable. I can send somebody over there, mm-hmm. you know, to so they can use up their time. Different places that people can go. It helps when people have that lived experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think all of us, we think about that mm-hmm. with every single person that comes in front of us. If I see somebody come from the audience and there was, is that your mom mm-hmm. sitting next yeah. to you? Bring your is that mom your mom? Mm-hmm. You live Absolutely. with your mom? Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, kind of really trying to figure out how we can get this person through the process. Um, without derailing it, because it really does benefit all of us when we can 
letting a person turn into this. Talk to me. Talk and not to only me, that, family. though, Talk to me. it it doesn't <laughs> help the process when we immediately treat presumptively innocent people like they're guilty. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what the judges should be doing, which I believe we do, is doing a deep dive into the situation. The fact that somebody is here doesn't make them guilty. But what it means is that we need to explore what's going on here and what can we do to minimize the most restrictive situations. Right. To me, incarceration should be a last result when you're looking at a spectrum. Agreed. If you care, what I think you should do is forget the cause number and in some ways kind of forget the charge because it's just the title. I think that's why you're supposed to have a prosecutor and defense attorney there and ask questions. Okay, let me hear probable cause. Great, you said that. Defense attorney, you tell me about your client. And if they don't have anything to say, I send them back and say, well, go talk to your client and then I'll talk to you. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? You need some information. You something. Figure out wow. Why is this person standing here? Right? Mm-hmm. What can we do to avoid putting them in jail? <clears throat> right? Especially at this point, we'll talk about, you know, post adjudicative matters later should we get there but i'm looking at this as how can i potentially save this person protect the community and ensure that i am following the law you know and allowing people's constitutional rights to actually exist and not just be something we talk about that's powerful very that that is extremely powerful when i think about what you just said there are people that have historically sat in those seats in judgment of others. And they understand exactly what you're saying because they know how to use it with their own people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They use it all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. There's these diversion programs and stuff they have. <laughs> mm. I didn't even know diversion programs existed until yeah. I got to the money. Mm-hmm. You see? Mm-hmm. But they automatically get these diversion programs whether they got money or not. It's, uh, these, a lot of times these diversion programs are offered to them. We don't even know nothing about it. It's true. I, I, I knew nothing about these diversion programs. And so I've seen so many times where white judges will sit there and they, they are comfortable saying stuff like this. Well, you know, I'm not going to ruin this kid's life. He's 17 years old. <laughs> she's, she's 18 years old. She's 15. He's 14. He's 16. He's 17. He's 35 years old. The, the guy's never been in trouble before. Sure, he raped five women, but I'm, that's not the point. Some, some of these judges are so bold. Mm-hmm. They will say stuff that they know that's offensive, but they feel like they can't be touched. Mm-hmm. And they'll, they just say whatever the hell they want to say. Absolutely. You said the magic words. They, said they felt they could not be touched, and that was true. Mm-hmm. For a long time. And yeah. I want to say that, you know, now that we're on the bench, we're on the bench. We see more judicial complaints, more many appeals, many, more, many, many more. Because now, totally you know, different. if we're doing and, and listen, we're not even touching the mark at what was thrown at us. I took so much as a defense attorney. You do that because you take it. You taking it for your own client to help ease the situation mm-hmm. for them. But. Judges said so much. They 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 spoke un, un. I mean, just literally unchained, unleashed. They could say and do essentially whatever they wanted to do, and there were never any consequences. But you let one of us step left or right of the of it's right. The end. Right. It is. It's it all. is huge. Yeah. We have, and you know, so when I, when I say support, I really mean support because 
oftentimes we're fighting not only to, to to make sure that fairness stays on the bench, but that, you know, we're there and they're not trying to clip us off so that we can't even run again. Wow. Mm-hmm. Do you know they listen to our interview? Like every time we sit down to do an interview, it's a risk. Like literally there are people, our opposition, that listen to our interviews. They look at everything we do mm-hmm. to file judicial complaints and they do that to keep us silent. So they want to take advantage of our silence and expose in the media whatever theme or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's why I really appreciate you all taking time to even talk with us. No, right. we need to yeah, hear no, this. And this needed to be this needed to be out in the open. Yeah. Absolutely. And, so because it's, it's, right, it's, it's important to expose very. them. Mm-hmm. But you flip it. Yeah, you gotta expose, expose them. Because that one thing that I know about them, they don't like being exposed. See, they're counting on the power that they have to scare everybody and mm-hmm. silence everybody. And so most people kind of go along to get along with it. But when you expose them, they start, mm, right. you know, they get, oh yeah, they know their place. Everybody got a place. And they know that place. When they get exposed, they don't like that. And they know what works. They know right. what works. And so whenever we look like we're getting somewhere, they say, oh, they're soft on crime. They letting, mm-hmm. They're letting everybody out of the jails. Mm-hmm. They don't know what they're doing. They don't have enough experience. They don't have this, that, and the other. They know what works. They play on people's mm-hmm. fear tactics, and then they hope that it, it, it gets if you, up. If, if you do every, you can do everything right as yeah, a judge. Everything right, and you let one guy, you let one guy out a little early, Say it. who who went out and mm-hmm. and just d- ended up just being rotten and mm-hmm. killed somebody, did something dirty. You see that she the one did it. She let him out, and they and, and but. But they do this type of stuff all the time, mm-hmm. right? Because you can't, you know, you have no crystal ball. You, you right. just, oh, you just yeah. trying to, yes. you know, right. try to give human <laughs> right. beings a second chance. You uh-huh. try to give people a chance, and you don't know who's going to, uh, who's who's going to walk the straight and narrow, right. or who's going to just decide that they're going to go out and do something crazy again. You just don't know. Mm-hmm. So you just try to use your best judgment. Absolutely, you know. So I mean, that's the thing, and they understand that because that's what they do also. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to us, it's a total different thing. Yep. yep. You know? Soft on crime. They went oh, yeah. unchecked. Soft on crime. Totally. And, and and gave bonds. You could you could commit a murder, alleged commit a murder, and your bond might be thirty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. That was standard and typical in 2018 and prior. Mm-hmm. Today. Thanks. The felony court judges, not us, but the felony court judges who deal with that, they are in the millions routinely, routinely. Mm-hmm. But they're soft on crime, letting people out, you know, and they never talk about the whole story, the failures right. of the other side. And I'll just go on and say at the district attorney's office, you know, doing what they're supposed to do, too, because oftentimes they weren't held because you know, the judge didn't require it, didn't hold their feet to the fire. So they didn't timely file motions to make sure that bonds were either increased or, or revoked, mm-hmm. um, nor did they bring evidence that, you know, because the statute has a certain standard. Um, they didn't present those things. That happens now. Mm-hmm. I just want to tell you so much again. Thank you for what you just <laughs> said, because if anything grinds my gears being a judge is that there's this narrative that we don't care 
about the very community that we live in and that right. we just want to make sure that everybody unsafe and dangerous <laughs> go out into the community. We're judges. We're going to sit back here like we live on the bench. You know, mm-hmm. I go home. Mm. I sh- you just went to Target today, right? Yeah. For this interview <laughs> or wherever. I go to Kroger's. And so it does not benefit us or our community to just be reckless and put people out on the street. We don't have a crystal ball, but we surely work with the We do the best we can by working with the information that is presented to us. And that's all we really can do, to be quite honest with you. Our goal is that no one commit any crimes, but that's just not a reality. And for today's media and for today's opposition to pretend that people on bond reoffending is a new kind of novel concept is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I was a former prosecutor, former public defender and private defense attorney. And I'm here to tell you. I've done so many bail hearings on people when yeah. I was either a prosecutor or a defense attorney on people that were out on bail and yeah. reoffended. Yep. You know why that happened? Because people are people, mm. right? And all you can do is do what we can. But whoever's listening, your judges care in Harris County. <laughs> we want you to live comfortable, be safe, leave your door unlocked if you can. I'm not saying don't do that, but it's a different age. Then we have more guns available and lawful and legal. And then it's the judge's fault when people have guns. I don't understand that. And when, when people are, are, are hurting each other, we don't want that. I don't want that at all, you know, but I appreciate you for recognizing the fact that we're mm-hmm. not clairvoyant. We're not psychic, nor do we have a crystal ball. Mm. But God knows we work really hard to make sure we do what's best for not only the person in front of us, the alleged victim, and the community as a whole. And that's not an easy job. And to pretend like it is, and it's rocket science, is just the biggest lie from hell. Mm -hmm. And And we don't. Yeah, but they do that intentionally. They do. They do it intentionally Mm -hmm. because that's how they control the narrative. Mm -hmm. Just like when you talk about crime in the neighborhood or whatever. They try to make it seem like this snitching thing. They try to make it seem like Black people just love crime. Like black people just like being living in danger. We just <laughs> like like we don't want no protection from the police. Right? Right. No, we don't want protection. We we don't want this false narrative of protection from fake corrupt police officers. So what they'll do is that they'll be cool with uh, they'll be cool with all of the bad things going on and and all of that, and they don't try to fix anything. But then the moment that somebody try to hold a police officer accountable, mm-hmm. they try to say, oh, see, y'all anti-police officers. No, we, we're anti-corrupt police officers. Mm-hmm. But the but the corrupt police officers try to hide behind the one or two all right police officers and say, see, you know, y'all trying to attack police officers. We just here to protect y'all. Mm-hmm. But we don't want that type of protection. We want to be protected. We want to be safe in our own communities. We want safe. We want... We want the thugs, the killers, the the dope dealers. We want their asses out too, because they're destroying the neighborhoods. You know, if you, it's like this, if you're not helping, you're hurting. Mm. Right. All right. That's any situation in life. Correct. If you're not helping, you're hurting. So look around in your neighborhood and look and look at every every individual who's helping, who's hurting. Mm. Right. And so we want. We, it's like we we don't want black judges. Because we're trying to stack the deck or whatever. Right. We've we been down so long, man. We cool with just some fairness. So yeah. We just, we just right. cool yeah. with so a little fairness. Let's give us a little, 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 little fairness and we straight. You know what I'm saying? Like, Because we feel like if somebody did something wrong, they should be punished. But let the goddamn punishment fit the crime. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't give nobody no damn 
uh, 40 years in prison for uh, two grams of cocaine. Crack, Willie. That's it's crazy. A difference. Well, crack, yeah. You yeah, don't crack, get somebody. Crack get you a life sentence. You but you, you, don't do, you don't do people like that, man. No, you don't. But, but that's where compassion comes in, and that's where relatability comes in, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And even Absolutely. on the flip side, so, you know, treating people fairly because we have a different perspective, but even on the flip side, you know, I, I have told other people when I first took the bench, you know, People would come up, you know, high dollar lawyers would come up and say, you know, hey, uh, can we, you know, just get it, pay us fine and then not do any jail. And I was like, are you asking me if you can buy a shorter sentence? <laughs> no, that's illegal. But you can talk to me about why, you know, you should get a shorter sentence. They were so it was all, we mm -hmm. all know that was routinely done. You pay a fine. You don't have to do the jail time. But for people that don't have money they paid with their time with their in jail time. and so you know it, it was an adjustment for lawyers that when i would say that to them like are, are you asking me if you can buy a shorter mm -hmm. sentence and they were looking Still at me like well that is what i said um, so, you know but now nobody's even nobody's asking me in at least in a couple of years because they're used to that's not happening up in here so come mm -hmm. to me with a legal argument for why your person deserves time served I'm open to that mm -hmm. but don't talk to me about something that somebody else can't access which right. is money right like that's just not a, a something that I'm going to be making a decision based on mm -hmm. um, and so just kind of even flipping it having you know lawyers come up to me and say oh well you know he, he he's a, he's a doctor so he can't do the he can't do the time. I'm like, you think all these people sitting yeah, out here right, in the audience right, can do right. the time? They can't do the time <laughs> either. Yeah. Let's talk about why your person can't. Because then being a doctor, that that's not that's not gonna move nothing. me. Let's talk about why your your person doesn't need to go to jail. So I, that's I that corruption it. where, you know, yeah. right? It's it's not, you know, just law enforcement. It's not an anti-law enforcement. It's just anywhere, ever mm -hmm. you sit, whether you're a judge, law enforcement, prosecutor, defense attorney, wherever, it's just not needed, right? That's not what's gonna help us at all. And so I admire you for Taking that stance, I'm gonna have to use that yeah. line quite honestly. <laughs> it was funny that. the first few times I whipped it out, and now like nobody does it. I don't know if they told them. Like, don't even don't ask. Them. And before don't we hear, we're not anti-law enforcement. Please know this. I know somebody's listening. And but people who actually law enforcement that come into our courts are not ones that like you know reading Facebook posts, but, you know, but ones who actually come in our court, testify in our court. I feel confident that law enforcement that has come into my court. They know that I'm above board. It's just what the law is what it is, you know. And so all that extra that's inflammatory on the Internet, that's all just fake and, and, and stuff to get people worked up. But people that actually experience our courtrooms, mm -hmm. you can ask mm -hmm. anybody that's come in there. They'll say the same. And to deflect. Right. That's what the social media antics mm -hmm. are. That's political theater, it's to deflect from whatever is happening on in their own camp because they know that we can't speak to whatever that issue is. And the reality, y'all know it's true, much of what we hear or see, none of them have stepped in your courts. You oh, know, I, I've not. never seen many of the people that make the most statements in court and I. Even, okay. even, even so when I subpoena them to come, <laughs> they we won't come. <laughs> still not here. Yeah. They're not here, but they have the most to say, and I live stream. I live stream the doors of the court are open and I allow that opportunity for you to come in and I welcome the opportunity. Of course, with, I can't talk about cases, nor can I, you know, give a forecast on what I would do as a judge. We're very ethical. But if there is something that you see that's not happening right, let us know. 
But don't post it. Because we all it's live stream. When I say live stream, mm-hmm. you can click on and watch, and watch the court. Live stream. Because we wanted to make sure that even when things got tough, when the pandemic hit and people couldn't access the court, it was already hard to access our courtrooms with traffic and the, the lines, lines and, and security. So it's already hard to access a court. A court. We decided we wanted to make it easier, accessible. We can't close the doors of the courthouse. People need to know what's going on. So we live stream. We live stream. It's not popular. Some people like really don't like it, but we live stream mm-hmm. so that people have access to see what's going on. They can just click right from their phone <coughs> to see what's happening in court nine, in court 12, in court four, and the rest of them. Do, do y'all prefer uh, defendants come to the courtroom or would you like, to, like it to be live streamed? I don't. I there are circumstances. More like a Zoom call, mm-hmm. Right. Like a Zoom there call. are circumstances that they need to be there, right. but most of the time they don't have to come. That's the beauty of it too. And if you want to zoom in, you can. But uh, if we're not doing anything substantive for your case that day, you don't need to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's I mean, we 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 said in, from the beginning, cr- criminal court is not conducive to a hundred percent virtual, but. What we did learn, one of the blessings of all of this, is that we did learn a lot can be done virtually, and particularly with the tall ask of asking people to come downtown. And what in a county this large, it's really a big deal. Yes. And so we've made it mm-hmm. more accessible for people to be able to appear, um, because short of like you about to go, you know, you needing to go into custody because you have a warrant or something. If somebody comes onto my live stream and says, "Hey, I had court today. I couldn't make it down there." I'm not going to be like, well, you were supposed to be here. You're not here live. I'm like, okay. Um, is there a reason why you're not here? Because they have, they I, in my court, you're required to come for the first time. I like mm-hmm. to lay eyes on you. We talk face to face about, you know, kind of what the process is, what to expect. Mm-hmm. And then the last setting, right? That's your trial or your plea or your dismissal or whatever. All that in between, the lawyers can can can, can discuss that. And so, but sometimes I have somebody that calls and they're like, oh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, my car broke down. And so I zoomed mm-hmm. in. Okay. All right. Let, let, let me pull your case up. Do you have Girl, a lawyer? And try to work mm-hmm. with the people because, yeah. you know, I just, I remember the days. I, I've always, I was a public defender before I became a lawyer the whole time at the federal and state level. Mm. And so I've always represented <clears throat> people who don't have resources. And I remember routinely people who are always already stretched thin being arrested for things like showing up late to court when we know that the line is like an hour away Mm -hmm. you know different things like that so you know just it's it's night and day what what the courthouse is now what about when you know a train was on the track and the guy show up five minutes late Oh, we don't do that late stuff yeah, anymore, we don't. quite honestly. Mm-mm. Yeah. That's not a, that's a practice that's of just the not past. A thing. In court nine, I tell everyone day one, you don't have to come to court if you're in contact with your lawyer. You're not violating your bond conditions. I don't need to see you until it's time to either dispose of your case, whether that's a plea or trial. That's what I'm talking Other than about. that, that's what I'm talking your about. lawyer can yeah, show yeah, up. Fair, and yeah. Can we get a, a fair judicial yeah. An efficient one, yeah. right? Because and we, and we still county, have right? dockets yeah. with clearance rates 100 yeah. and above, 100% and above. So mm-hmm. whoever's listening that may not understand that process, we're still disposing of cases as we should be in above the 100% clearance rate, mm-hmm. which means that just to kind of break it down, 100% means that we are matching the number of cases that are coming in. So if you have 10 cases coming in and you're closing out 10 cases, that's 100%. Now, if you're closing out above the amount of cases that was filed that day, then you're exceeding. 
So you're hitting old cases, so backlog, backlog cases. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm proud to report that the county criminal courts have been above 100 percent for quite a few months now. I think today we sit at about 116 percent. So right. and then we have a jail population okay. of only 326 people. Just say it again. About say what? It's about 326 mm -hmm. misdemeanor only people incarcerated in Harris County Jail. Which means that if our jail population or the total capacity is 10,000, that the misdemeanor county criminal courts at law uh, inmates are less than 5%. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think we calculated like 3.4% yeah. of the population. Which is what it but should yet be. But we have the fastest trending clearance rate and reduction in case backlog. So. Yeah. We're I'm still doing our thing. All right, man. I like that, man. man. I remember, like, back in the gap, going to court was like going to a public hanging, man. You saw somebody with a mean, true mm -hmm. face that didn't look nothing like you, that did not have your best interest at heart at all, no compassion whatsoever, man. And you'd be like, man, I don't ever want to come back in here no more. Constantly. <laughs> Which of you remember uh, Pope? I do. Judge Pope. Ted Poe? I remember Poe, know. but I wasn't practicing. Yeah, I Poe wasn't practicing in, yeah, in yeah, Harris County. You did my research. So, you know, I, I believe that, you know, so, I understand that judges have to have a, a certain amount of latitude, but do latitude. you guys ever think that sometimes <clears> you guys <throat> are tasked with too much latitude? Good question. What do you, are, you, are you asking, like, do you feel like we have too much discretion? And, and yeah. Yeah, so it, you know, it, it can be. We've seen it abused, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, for us, I think it's been helpful to kind of have um, that discretion and, and to be able to use our discretion. But we certainly have seen it abused in the past. Yeah. So I think what we've tried to do is, is be a part of... Um, policies mm -hmm. that will outlast us, mm -hmm. right? Fair policies that are here if we're here or not, um, which is which has been tougher yeah. than we, I think, thought it would be. But what, but what about when you have that discretion and you use that discretion unfairly? For example, there's a case about uh, Larry Hoover. I didn't, uh, mm -hmm. Larry Hoover was from Chicago, right? Mm -hmm. And Larry Hoover is serving six life sentences, uh, for various crimes. Under this new law, Larry Hoover should be at home. But the judge has the complete discretion to allow him to go home or stay. Meanwhile, all of the other people that was involved in his case, they're all at home. And other people at home who met this so-called this this so this so called What's the name um, of it? What's the name of it? Next step, second step. Uh, Which one? First, I think it's first oh, yeah. step or first something step. like that. Mm -hmm. First step. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. But, so all so of these people that met, all these other people that met, mm -hmm. met that threshold, they at mm -hmm. home, right? But they got but, but they got Larry still locked up hmm. because Larry has the youth ear. Mm -hmm. The young people like Larry. They respect Larry, and he's one of those guys who can actually help. Not saying he's the complete answer, but he can help clean up the streets of Chicago. But they don't want him to go home because they like the madness. It's tricky, though, right? Because it wasn't that long ago because he, he has a federal conviction, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't that long ago that they didn't have discretion in federal court, right? And there were mandatory, mandatory sentencing minimum. guidelines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I so people were getting real. I mean, he, he, he likely came through. 
through around that time, right? A lot has changed. 94, since his, 95 right. was when he got that. So right. Yeah. A lot has yeah, changed since that's, then. That's, that's when he got those additional like those like yeah the additional right in in 73 but then yeah. you so then you have the other side of it so now we don't have now that's illegal mm-hmm. right um mandatory mandatory sentencing is illegal is illegal mandatory Whoa. minimums are not but mandatory sentencing um guidelines was was is been declared illegal and so now judges have discretion the problem is not necessarily the discretion it's the judge the problem is the makeup Mm-hmm. Of you know, this is not yeah. a group um, that has a, the the type of varying experiences that we enjoy in the Harris County Judiciary, right? So you want judges to have some discretion. The problem okay. is when you have a, <clears throat> I won't say monolithic because everybody's not the same, but a very similar yeah. group of people that get selected for these mm-hmm. lifetime appointments, you're going to get the same product. That's what I was about to say also. Mm-hmm. They're lifetime appointments. Can't get fired. So there's no consequence ever for what decisions they make. And so discretion, that's the ultimate use of discretion. You know, we have discretion. And in fact, there are many instances I would, I think you all agree, we're trying to hold on to some of our judicial discretion. Mm -hmm. They're trying to take it away from us at every Mm -hmm. turn. And we realize that, that we... Like I said in earlier, even the playing field, you know, by using our discretion where, where when and where appropriate. Um, but it's not like that. Mm-hmm. It's not like when you have a lifetime appointment and you, you're never questioned again, ultimately, on what you do. They can appeal it, but that has no effect on whether or not you get to stay in that position. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, that's cold-blooded, man, mm-hmm. because I, I don't believe in that those lifetime appointments because, you know, people change and, and, and sometimes people go in with a certain type of mentality. And come and, out somewhere and, and, and something else. No, what I'm saying, sometimes they go in and they just, they they are who they <clears> are <throat> and <throat> there's nothing you can do about it. Sometimes they go in and they're, they're diabolical people. You know, there are diabolical a lot of... Diabolical people. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 they're diabolical. And Was he referring to the judge or a defendant? Both. <laughs> well, both, both. Right now, both. I'm talking about the judges. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you have judges who are just really evil, wicked people. And that's why and they, they become sit judges. In judgeship really. of human beings, mm-hmm. and they sit there forever. Even mm-hmm. on the Supreme Court, I don't even believe that they should be lifetime appointees. You know, that's crazy that somebody can just get in a position like that, that type of power. And it don't matter what they do; they get to sit there anyway and and make all of these judgments, mm-hmm. these these major decisions, these historical decisions, and change the lives of your children. Yep, they yep. do. They set. Laws all that change the lives of your children and your children's children. And here in your very diverse city and area, you talked about the diversity of all these black women in the judiciary and and really all these talented black women in the legal Mm -hmm. community. And not one, not one Mm. black woman sits on the federal bench in the entire Southern District of Texas, including Houston, Corpus oh, that's Christi, yeah. uh, McAllen, those are Laredo. Are correct? Those are appointments. Right. They have to be appointed. Points. They don't. They're not voted. Yeah. That's right. And what that's they right. do, and what they do is, once you get in, then now when it's time for you to step down and move around, you endorse somebody who got that exact same mentality that you have, mm-hmm. and this is how they keep the control. This yeah. is crazy. Yeah, man, it's a cold game. It's 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 no way that people that have no respect for you should be able to judge you. 
you know, if you look back at the history of this country and 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 just different cases and how they handled it, like Timmy got six months probation. Leroy got a life sentence for the same crime. Why is that? Because right. Timmy, when but Tim, Willie's when not Tim, the judge. Yeah, but when Timmy does, but Willie ain't the judge. When when, when <laughs> what's the other kid name? Leroy. When Leroy does something bad, when Leroy does something bad, is lock that nigga up. He just like the rest of. When Timmy does something bad, is boys will be boys. Damn. And you never have to be no judge to say that, Willie. That's the old family. And that's that's the difference. And so they had Leroy did it. He was a thug, but yeah, you know, Timmy did it. He had some mental issues. Leroy also probably or got influenza. Well, there you go. Yeah, what? <laughs> too. Or affluenza, like the young man right. was in Dallas. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's so affluent that, you know, he doesn't he understand right and yeah. wrong. Yeah. And, you know, so Ooh, he shouldn't man. have these can consequences. I, can we get away with something like this? But when you're you trying know. to explain a lack of resources, a lack of, of access to things that your client has, people have no comprehension, no compassion, oh. no understanding for your your client and you're advocating on their behalf. That blew my mind. Hey, well, yeah. Now we get into the meat and potatoes. A lot of them, Judge Jones, is it's like that because, you know, they that's how they want to be. Mm-hmm. You see? And they, they were they were they were brought in to make sure that black people don't get justice. Come on, Willie. They were brought in to lock up as many black people as possible so that they can make them slaves again and run that prison empire they got going on out here, this hustle, this prison hustle. You know, when you look at, when you really take a look at everything we've done for this country, we I don't care what anybody want to believe, what your mama thought, told you, what your daddy told you, we built this country. So we deserve as much if not more prosperity than anybody in this country. We built it. We built this country no matter what they say. We built this country. So we deserve just as much, if not more than anybody. But, you know, the way that they set it up, it's cold, well, man. The counter set up is cold-blooded. I'm telling you. you got, we're on the bottom of, of to, to, to be so higher up in, 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 in the, the building of this place, we still are at the bottom of every body else's feet because it's intentional like yeah, here's it's, the thing see, see, the, gov- the government the government makes the laws these are your your, your 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 lawmakers they make the laws and then they enforce the laws no group of people in the history of civilization has talk ever been me. able to reach their full potential talk to me when they've been targeted by their own government for failure talk to me you can't you can't it's impossible the every move you make, they're right there. Yep, because after this lovely group of judges came in, they changed the requirements to become a judge. Yep. Oh my God! Is this pushing the T box yeah, back so Tiger can hit the green? Changed in the state of Texas. That's the way. They, that's yeah. and that's wow. They, they've always used. They've always used the law to circumvent equality. Ghetto Boys Reloaded podcast. We'll be right back after the break. Mm-hmm. 
State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbroke, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. I want to know what they did. I want to know what was done to make it more difficult to become judges. So they increased the number of years needed to become a judge, mm-hmm. which really was <laughs> which wow. really was, yeah. was silly because we work so hard to get here. That I mean, I'll, we, we all had those. Yeah, yeah. We all had <laughs> a long, time, long ago. time ago. But they're trying to add more and more and more things, mm-hmm. more and more hurdles. But I think because I'm trying to think, I want to say they doubled um, the number of years required mm-hmm. for district court um, and the appellate court. And I think it's to feed that too. narrative, right? So this whole narrative was that we won just because we were black, right? And we were black women and, and inexperienced. And that's, the, that's the point oh. I'm trying to get. Is that what? is not being told is that we were qualified and arguably more qualified than the people that we replaced. Many of our predecessors practiced maybe a couple years, if that, the bare minimum, right? right? We came in board certified 10 plus years. I mean, all kinds of trials and trial experience. And, and and that's, (laughs) but the narrative is they got in because they're black. Mm-hmm. Not Damn. because we're black. But who would say this? But who would say that? Who said that? Who would say this is people who are used to getting in because they're white. Well, damn, Willie. <laughs> That's who would say that. Well, damn, Willie. Say that then. Put, put that on his chest. I've just read it myself. I'm sorry. I've read social media. I've right. seen it in various you know, mediums where the allegation or the belief is that we are not, we were not qualified to sit where we're sitting. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. Yeah. You know, not to knock my predecessor, but I had, I think, almost twice the years of practice before I ran for that bench. Right. You know, and it's I just. I had four times 
the amount of years of practice in law you know, than my just, predecessor before he was on the So the narrative is just being fueled by this, well, let's raise the criteria because then we Who's won't get them in. Who's responsible for raising that criteria? The governor. The legislature. The legislature. Yeah, yeah, a whole uh, board was put together to do a study. Your governor did about put the board you know, together. What, what we can do and should judges be appointed or should they be elected and, and they said what the pros and cons. So and, that didn't make it. They, right. did, they weren't okay. able to push that through, although I'm sure we haven't heard the last of that. I'm sure. Right. But what they were able to get through of the suggestions from this committee mm-hmm. or this commission was to raise the number of years. Because they're like, oh, well, you know, maybe we can just cut off some of the, at least the mm-hmm. younger ones, right? But, it, but here's my thing. Even if you, but I'm like, <laughs> even if we have, even if you tell me, oh, this person, they ain't, they ain't been practicing for four years and they had any trials. You know what, That's though? not new. That's what I was about to say. I practiced for years <laughs> mm-hmm. in front of judges who... Didn't know up from down. So we're, they figured out, I guess, like the rest yeah, of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's and not I, new that there were judges that were elected that met the minimum criteria. That's not new. It's not. But what is false is that we were the group that only got in at the minimum criteria. Uh-huh. And that's the narrative that I'm trying to correct. Wow. Fix you know, that. Let's be clear. On the Ghetto Boys okay. Reloaded Podcast. <laughs> right you know? mm-hmm. these, these, these are the same people who said they voted for Donald Trump because he wasn't a politician. Because he had no experience in politics. Willie, what is wrong with you today, man? But why does it change when it's, <laughs> when it's certain people? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Threw me for a loop, too. Because as yeah. one of the younger judges who were elected during that cycle, I was 32 mm-hmm. um, when I was elected. And, you know, people were looking at me kind of sideways. And then you hear about judges that were appointed to civil benches at 25, 27, 28 in Harris County. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Is it because I look the way that I look? I show up as myself. I'm from Southport. I got box braids and I sit on the bench Don't because I'm just as qualified <laughs> and just as competent as Go anyone ahead. else. Now, right? It don't, don't matter what they're so, having, like it's their skin. It's, mm. it's skin. I still love it though, because you got the neighborhood. <laughs> skin is your sin, judge. Skin is your sin. You know that that's for the, to them. Mm-hmm. That's to why. Them. That's why I'm always the biggest advocate for voting. Yeah, mm-hmm. voting because yes. if we had the right people in place, there was no way that that would even came up in. In, in, in Austin, yeah, the, right. the, the governor mm. wouldn't even thought of saying no sh- stuff like that, excuse me, mm. Judge. But, but, yep. what, but what do y'all say to people who say that, yeah, y'all judges, but y'all working for a system where we can't win in? What do y'all say to those people who say, I'm, that's why I'm not voting, they ain't going to do nothing, because I'm sure somebody in the somebody, comments, somebody is in the, the comments right now. Yeah. oh man, they ain't going to do nothing, they, they ain't going to change nothing, man, this system is rigged, and ain't nothing we can do, man, we're done, we're doomed. You, you, you better have us there, because let me say something, Come on. all of us will tell you what it was like before, and even if you think, if you think that what you see today is not as as Good, um, you are wholly mistaken. Um, today you can walk into court, not have a dime, not have uh, uh, any family support. Nobody's there. You walk in on your own today, and a judge is going to look at you for you. Mm. And the first thing that's going to come out of our mouth is how we can protect you and make sure you know your rights Mm -hmm. and make sure that you have now an attorney that's also going to properly represent you. That never happened. 
before. It certainly was not the priority. So even if you don't get anything else but to walk through this door, 99.9% of the time you're going to get to walk out. That's that's a change too. It used to be, sir, ma'am, oh, you didn't come with an attorney today? Well, let me take you on into custody mm-hmm. go because with the bailiff. you go with the bailiff because you don't have an attorney. Or come mm-hmm. back every day. Or come us. back every day. I mean, yeah. this is, you know, mm-hmm. it's just offering a... <laughs> Not even above and beyond, we actually follow the law. Mm-hmm. And then we do it in a respectful manner. Many people walk into the courtroom and they, yeah, huh, they're, they're giving me everything because they've never seen what respect looks like, mm-hmm. what common courtesy looks like. No one's mm-hmm. ever given it to them. Mm-hmm. So I don't go off because they don't know how to present themselves in this this situation. Mm-hmm. Or embarrass mm-hmm. them because of what they're wearing, not right. understanding mm-hmm. that might be the only thing right. or the best thing that they have mm-hmm. to right. wear. I try to offer them some compassion and some respect up front because moving forward with you in this situation and we got to deal with it. Ooh, we right? say we got to deal with it. But I'm going to try to offer you mm-hmm. some humanity mm-hmm. now. And Come that's on, what judge. it's about. Because that way I can fix you before you leave here. Whatever time we got, I can help. Humanity mm-hmm. and justice, right? Because I want to mm-hmm. be clear that it doesn't mean you're going to get what you want. Right. Mm-hmm. But what you can be guaranteed about when you step into our courts is that you're going to be treated fairly. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't get treat- get what you want, at least you can walk away and say, at least she hurt me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think she was, you know, fair because there was a time where you couldn't legitimately say that it was a fair process. Yep. You, you know, it was like anything. I didn't get what mm-hmm. I wanted, and it wasn't fair. <laughs> it's like and so, the judge belittled me and yeah, was condescending and rude. <laughs> judge, um, to the point that you were making about people uh, walking out, you know, ninety-nine percent of the time you might walk out. Aren't y'all messing with the money when you do that? Hmm. Oh, we destroyed the money. We destroyed yeah. the money game. They're not oh, happy man. about that. We stopped paying <laughs> organizations just, you know, like you will give a, a $50 fee to this organization and that organization. And, you know, you start asking, well, why do they get this money here? Oh, it was just an agreement. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be a part of, I mean, if that's just an agreement that you all make, meaning the parties make, the state and the defense, if that's what y'all make, then I won't bother your agreement. But it won't be because I court ordered it and you put it on me, you know, funding these organizations. Um, uh, funding unnecessary things. When I have an opportunity to waive some fees, I do. Because why are people still getting locked up? Because they can't pay, you know, the the, the court costs. Yep. Why why are they coming back? Because there are there are people. There were people that were still coming back when I first got on the bench. Mm-hmm. That were ordered to come back to court if they did not return, having paid their court costs. They could be taken. The expectation is that they would be taken into custody. I'm wow. sure myself, like everybody else, we satisfied those judgments. Mm-hmm. Let's just satisfy that. Meaning, I get to just wave a magic wand and say, just consider that paid and send this person on. Mm-hmm. Typically, indigent people that just do mm-hmm. not have the ability to pay. Right. And yep. they, and no they, were, they lived they under the fear of, I got to get this paid by a certain time, but mm-hmm. I'm pulling blood mm-hmm. from a turnip. Mm-hmm. I ain't got it. Mm-hmm. So now I got to go stand in front of this judge and they're going to put me back in jail because I didn't have the $321 that it cost. For the- and we're working in a society now. We're in the great resignation. We have people that just have fewer resources than what they had before we even entered. There's so many dynamics here that we have to take into consideration. And so we're not going to penalize people because they don't have money. 
That's not what the criminal system. Exactly. That's not what the criminal justice system is about. That's not. That's not equitable. It's not fair. It's not just. Yeah, that right? anything so, to do with fixing the problem or trying to fix the problem. Absolutely. When y'all go through y'all training programs, uh, do y'all are y'all taught to believe police officers over citizens? Man, that's a mm-hmm. good question, Willie. No, the training that we get is. Um, I had a judge get in trouble for this one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get in it. Don't even get in it. Let me Don't just say this. Just get around it. No, what it what it is designed to do is give you some basic legal foundations to be able to take the bench on day one. That's what it does. But it does not really go into the substantive intricacies of the trial process, or not even really the the law in of itself. So, no to that question. They don't teach us. One way or another. Well, why is it that uh, why is it that when people get traffic tickets and the police show up, it's um, it's damn like oh man, it's can't wait. It's like police show up, you be looking, you be in there waiting, and as soon as you see the police, all right, man, I guess we're gonna because <laughs> they're not gonna listen. They, they're gonna take the police officer word over mine ninety nine percent of the time. Mm. You know how does that happen? You know if if these. If, if somebody got to be in some kind of training, you know. Well, no judges are different. I think they said it the best, man. That, that, <laughs> yeah. that, 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 it's flipped now. Mm-hmm. You right. know, this is compassion. This is mm-hmm. this is fairness. Yeah. You know, and just because boss man walk in, that don't mean nothing. <laughs> boss man could have been lying. He could have been he could have been uh, 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 profiling you, bro. Well, boss man ain't boss man no more. Boss man is. Boss, boss lady. Come you know what I'm talking somebody. about? I, Judge. I understand. I understand. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I I definitely want you guys to individually introduce yourself to the public so they'll know who they're voting for and how important it is to vote for judges that have compassion that that that, that represent you know the law you know represent what's really happening and how you can how, how they can be helped and treated humane humanely. Mm-hmm. Are you guys up for re-election? Yes. yes. Okay. So yeah. So. Introduce yourself and then the and the and let the, the court in the name of the court. Sure. So my name is Genesis Draper. I'm the judge of Harris County Criminal Court at Law Number Twelve. I mean, I am up for a re-election this November. And just real quick to your point, for people that are saying, "Well, what does it matter? You know, it ain't gonna make a difference." That's what they're counting on because we have the numbers. And they know if for one second we rise up and use them numbers, it's a wrap. Mm-hmm. So they're hoping that that's what people are thinking. And so if you're out there thinking that, I just want you to know that that is the strategy for the oppressor, mm-hmm. is that you will say it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Bless you. Bless you. Uh, my name is Judge Shannon Baldwin. I'm the presiding judge for Harris County Criminal Court at Law Number 4. Um I don't even know what what more to say in this. We said back in 2018, vote like your life depended on it because it does. Not much has changed. Wow. We we are trying to make we've made some strides to make life better. When you come into the criminal courthouse, we need your help to continue that. We, we can't do it in four years, and they're doing everything they can to push back all of the strides that we've mm-hmm. made. Don't let them do it. Tell you, you know, get your family, get your friends, take a caravan, take a bus, do whatever you have to do and get to the polls. Early vote. 
mm-hmm. early vote because they will likely close wow. down polling locations. They will change where you're supposed to wow. go vote. Um, they'll do everything they have to do to prevent you from being able to vote. Go vote. Take your family, your friends. Get on social media because everybody don't have a million dollars to give us to run these campaigns, by the way. But you can get on social media. And you can follow these judges. You can follow us. You can retweet, uh, uh, you know, share the information that we put out. Follow us. A, get education from us, right? We're going to tell you about the issues. But B, share it with somebody. You share it with them. That's another person that's going to come and vote. Educate. Get out there and support us and vote. Again, Shannon, Brichelle Baldwin, the B stands for Back to the Bench, by the way. Back to the Bench for Baldwin. Uh, Come on back. I'm a hometown girl. What else can I say? I'm born and raised right here in Houston, Texas. Trinity Garden, all the Trinity Garden people. That was me. I can't speak up for South Park, but look, Trinity Gardens, we up in this place. We up in this place, so. Here y'all go. Come on through. We used to live in Trinity Garden. Yeah, we need you. We need your support. We can't do it without you. And in fact, we are here for you. You ain't never had nobody looking out for you. Now you do. Don't let them turn the clocks back. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. My name is Toria Finch, and I am proud to be your presiding judge of Harris County Criminal Court at Law Number 9. If you heard something on this, this wonderful discussion, just, you know, email me. I'm going to put my email out there. It's probably dangerous. But I want you to feel free to reach out to us and invite us to Maybe an event that you have, or maybe there's some kind of uh, church activity, wherever you need us to come to deliver the message. Because what we don't want is for their only source of information to be from what they see on the news. Mm -hmm. That cannot be the only medium. And so it's T-O-R-I-A Toria at Toria, T-O-R-I-A Finch, F as in Frank, I-N-C-H dot com. Toria at vote. I said that wrong, didn't I? It's... um, Toria at votetoriafinch.com. If you email me, I'll even pass it on to my judicial sisters here and we'll come wherever you need us. But again, get out and vote. Just because you got us in in 2018 doesn't mean the work is done. We got to keep voting because our life always depends on the vote. And thank you all so much for having us here. By the way. Sure. Toria at votetoriafinch.com. Go ahead, Judge. Right. Uh, my name is Tanya Jones. I'm the presiding judge of Harris County Criminal Court at Law Number 15. It has been an honor to serve as your presiding judge um, for this first term, and I am up for re-election. I am um, b- a big believer in community involvement and engagement. You all have heard me talk about where I'm from. I say it loud and proud everywhere <laughs> I go because I believe. I'm gonna say it with you. I'm in- <laughs> <right there. laughs> I believe in educating and empowering um, and engaging from the community to the courtroom. So I think that's important. And I think that um, it is important that you have judges that care about the communities that they serve, right? One of the things I appreciate um, about my colleagues here is that we have been active in the community. You don't just see us at Thanksgiving time and give you a turkey and a smile. We disappear or we create policies that don't benefit the people that we're asking for support from. But we remain in these communities involved, engaged um, and making sure that we make a difference. And that's what's um, important. That's important to me because when I go to church 
And when I go to see my family on the weekends, I have to look at those people in their face and I have to be accountable to them, you know, for what I do when I put that black robe on. And so I want to just let people know that it's important. Voting is important. Staying engaged is important because if you're not at the table, you for sure on the menu. So we have got to be. We got to be at the table. And I know, I know that it is a situation where for so long, you know, and it, it can be frustrating, but for so long, you know, we have done all that we can and you seem like you're not making any headway, that things are not changing. But for sure, if we're not taking part in the systems that we want to change, they never, ever will. Okay, and so it's important. We need to be involved and active at every level of government, precinct chairs, if you uh, uh, your super neighborhood groups. Everyone may not run for state representative, may not run, you know, for some of these other offices, but you can get involved, Mm -hmm. get active, um, just spreading the word amongst your community. That is important. That's what gets us to where we need to be. So, again, I am Tanya Jones. I am your presiding judge of Harris County Criminal Court at law number 15 South Park. Stand up one more time. (laughs) Can we make a quick plug real quick? Because she brought it up real quick. Okay, so bridging that gap between the court and the community is not just something we say. We actually have done that. The Misdemeanor Courts in Harris County created a community court. It's called the Bayou City Community Court. It stands for bringing assistance to you with outreach and understanding. It's a broad court where you don't come to us. We come to you. Our first initiative is the Fresh Start program. And what it is, it's a resource fair. We provide vaccinations, uh, job readiness, re-entry programs, uh, all of the stuff that you need to get back on your feet. If you're someone that's been in the system and you had a misdemeanor deferred probation adjudication that you completed, you can come there and sign up to get registered to be screened for a possible non-disclosure. A non-disclosure means that if you're eligible, and the order is signed, it comes off your record that no one, so no one sees it other than Mm -hmm. law enforcement because they keep everything, right? So the Fresh Start program is what we're doing to try to meet the community where they are to help them get back on their feet. Now, those misdemeanor cases? Mm -hmm. Misdemeanor court. So if you did a a deferred adjudication, it's the probation that you do that avoids a conviction. Some people think that just because you completed deferred, it's done. No, it's Mm -hmm. not. It's It's still still on your your record record. (coughs) until you take action to file a petition for non-disclosure and the judge signs it. Well, Mm -hmm. instead of waiting on you, we've partnered with a lot of county partners that are willing to come to you. We have our next event. I think it's going to be July the 30th. I'll send it to you so y'all can hopefully pub it. Come out. Everything is free. We're going to have a back-to-school component working with our county partners to get backpacks, school supplies, vaccinations, immunizations. I can't even say it. Immunizations. Immunizations. Thank you. Tongue-tied. Too much going on, Willie D. But that's what your county courts are doing. We've never had that kind of stuff going right. on. So these are the kind of judges that you have. Well, you Real have people that, for the people. That's but you have that kind of stuff going on because you're the preacher's daughter. Look, before we get off, I can't get off without saying when I was getting ready to come here, you know, my husband, Brandon, he never, never asked like about any kind of campaign events or anything like that. And he saw on our family calendar that I was going to be on uh, Ghetto Boys Reloaded. Oh, he had a million questions. So you should, you all should know he's been riding with y'all a long time, way back in DJ here. Action days, like a long time. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted me to yeah. let y'all know he he he, he, he's, he's, he rides with y'all very hard. Really. Yes. And shout out to you too. 
They're socially awkward. Usually they're in bad shape, like physically. Uh, these are these are people who try to say that they're superior, right? But if you're superior, you would not ruin your life, throw your life away for people that you feel are inferior. Like you wouldn't just throw your life away. Like if I thought I was above you, mm-hmm. why would I go and do something to you? You're insignificant to me. I don't even think about you. Why Damn. am I worried about you? Mm. So, so if I think I'm so above you, why would I throw my life away for do- bringing you harm? Why would I do that? I wouldn't because mm-hmm. I feel superior, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't feel superior. They're not white supremacists. They're white mm-hmm. inferiorities. All right? That's what they are. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, it's that inferiority complex that mm-hmm. they have that make them behave the way that they do when they just take guns and go out and indiscriminately just kill people for no reason, right? So the thing is, is that all of us, we we are who we are based on uh, a conditioning, right? Most of us, however we're conditioned, that's how we're going to be, right? And so our strongest convictions that we have in life come from people who look like us, all of these people that talk, call themselves white supremacists and they hate black people and all this. So more than likely, if they were abused, they were abused by a white person. If they were cheated on, they were cheated on by a white person. <laughs> if they were betrayed by a friend, that betrayal probably came from a white person. If they was chased home from school or bullied, they were probably bullied by a white person. If they loaned somebody some money who didn't pay them back, it was probably somebody white, right? Mm-hmm. These are white people who gave you your strongest convictions that makes that 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 have that have uh, contributed to uh, anxiety in your life, right? And contributed to setbacks, you know. So why is it that you don't hate them? Because see, that's too much like right. You got you gonna hate these people who ain't never really people that ain't never did nothing to you, but you are gonna let them make it over here. See, you are gonna run out of motherfuckers to hate. That's why you won't hate them. That's why you ain't going to do nothing to them. Mm -hmm. Because you know, you know, you're going to run out of people to hate. So they're hypocritical. I know who they are. I know them. They don't scare scare me at all. I know them for real. Been around them. They're cowards. They're uncivilized much. And they're not superior at all. At all. Because when I look at them, I see them, I look at them like, you know, little, fl- little fleas, you know what I'm saying? Because that's what they are. And and when you call them out for wh- exactly who they are, they get it because they have no rebuttal. And I said, use rebuttal because I know y'all like those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just you watching. Used to I'm, the I'm, I'm, words I'm, watching my, I'm watching my good friend turn into me. I remember, I remember I we had a conversation on the phone with this guy and I went, off, 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 bad. Uh-huh. And Willie called me back, man, you got to chill out on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, man, you got to cut that out, man. We ain't like Willie. No, I think you went too far, man. <laughs> I think you went too far. Willie, you was mad about something else. <laughs> I'll wait and run the footage. Let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you were mad about something else, man, and you just, you just lost it. <laughs> 
Nah, well, he was putting us in the he he was playing that role on us. We'll man. talk about it. Indeed, we'll yeah. cover it in the movie. We'll cover it in the movie, man. I did go off, and now I'm watching my partner. You know, uh, seven years later, see what I feel, how I felt back yep. then. Yep. Well, I felt like that back. But then. But you ain't said it though, Willie. No, I didn't say it. To nah. <laughs> I didn't say it to you. You didn't say it to him either. Because I didn't have a beef with him. Like, I didn't have a grind like you did. Oh, I Where's had. the gavel? You know what? He <laughs> left it. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming on the show. Thank you it's so much. Thank you for having us. Time well spent. Thank you. Thank you. I am so Pleasure. proud of you. Thank you. Each Thank and every one of you. Thank you yeah, so much absolutely. for being our judges. And I look forward to not ever coming into your courtroom, but seeing you <laughs> Absolutely. Out of Absolutely. Absolutely. That's right. Absolutely. Thank you. And, yeah, for Four years support. ago. I will yes. never you, you put day us day down. I mean, oh, yeah, I did. Brother, early on. On the stage. On the stage. Mm-hmm. At, the big, at the show that we had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which show? We had a big concert, man. Who was the it? The old school concert. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, the old school um, concert. Quick. Goodness. A-Ball, MJG. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. It was a big show. You played an old school show? I, I mean, really. I thought we agreed that we wasn't gonna play old school show. I mean, yeah, but they, they said old school, man. It was legends. Okay, legends, legends. But you put us on the legendary stage and let us, you know, you know, introduce and, and, and just let folks yeah, know that we were running, and that yeah. was huge. Yeah, That's major, cool. huge. And posted us on social media, big yeah. time. And yeah. guess what? What? Gonna do that again. You know, that's what I'm talking about. We appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's 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 imperative that we have people that 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 speak for us to actually speak for us. You know what I mean? That represent to represent us. Mm-hmm. Because we are in a situation now that's way worse than it's yeah. ever been. Way worse. If someone can be convicted, not convicted, but 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 prosecuted over what they said in one of their songs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave that, Willie, and we're going to talk about that. He's listening out there. He's listening. He's listening. Yeah. No more talk. No more talk. This episode was produced by A-King and brought to you by the Black Effect Podcast Network and, and iHeartRadio. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth-building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then, trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.